uh, our good friend Mark, who has dogs, he, he always had a leather collar for his dogs when they came over. But do you want, when he's he walks his dog around the neighborhood, and that's pretty much it. So it lasts long, and it looks nice, and he's not going to ruin it. So yes, and like, you can always have it. more than one collar. It's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Some people like to uh, matchy matchy with their poochie matchy poochie. matchy, <laughs> <laughs> and then you you could have a collar too. <laughs> <laughs> What are we up to this week on Let's Boop Snoots? Let's Boop Snoots. My name is Vero. My name is Heidi. Today, we're going to talk about gear. So mostly collars, leashes, and then we're going to play a little game of a boop or snoot at the end of the podcast um, with different, different products that we found at the pet store. So this week, Vero and I visited to a variety of pet stores in our area and looked at everything that they had to offer. I, I went into the stores personally and I asked them to show me the most ridiculous items that they had and some of the more more popular selling ones and just sort of like anything that you could buy to your for your dog to either help with training or something to have in your house and stuff that makes things more convenient and blah 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 so yeah we'll we'll explain the the booper snoot game a little later yes on. but we'll kick it off by us talking about um just collars and leashes i think to 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 kick it off right from the start so so our first collar, mm-hmm. shall we start? Yes, let's start. Yeah. I feel like we have a lot to say for this episode. We we kind of do, but mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's boop snoots. <laughs> let's boop snoots. <laughs> um, the first collar is just the traditional collar that you see on every dog. So the flat collar, there, it's either a buckle or a um, like a clip that you clip it's uh either plastic or metal i would recommend the metal more than the plastic because it's uh more durable and those collars should not be really or not really training collars they're mostly used they're only used for when you put your dad your dogs your dad's your dad's tags (laughs) (laughs) your dog's tags so the tag that you would buy with your dog's name on it a telephone number and address or even the vet tags that proves that your dog uh, had the was vaccinated for rabies and all of that stuff. So though that is what that collar is for. So every dog should have one of these collars and they yes. come in all sorts of like different materials, different designs, different stuff. You can buy them literally anywhere online. There's a bazillion different companies out there that sell different types. Um I, I looked even on Groupon and they have monogrammed ones where you can monogram your your dog's name and, and phone number on right onto the collar. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen a variety of different dog tags that you can get to put on your dog's collar. There's little ones that look like a driver's license that says your dog's name and a funny little message like, <laughs> I'm a jerk and ran away from my owner. Please call this phone number and funny stuff like that. One thing that I found like with, with my dogs is so obviously every dog that I ever had, had a collar and I would always go to PetSmart because they had this machine where you picked out a different shape or color or whatever of dog tag and you put it in and it would engrave it for you. And the thing that I liked about that one is we have 
like like I mentioned in earlier episodes, my dad has my dogs for like half of the time and they go to the cottage a lot. So there's a variety of different places where they can be when they get lost. So I what I liked about those tags is that it gave you three or four lines to put in. So I'd say either call this number, this number, or this number. There were three different <laughs> fo- fo- phone numbers to call. But the downside to them is that when they click together and if your dog is super active and like running a lot like mine, mm-hmm. the, the name and the numbers eventually start to wear off and, and some of them, it would happen a lot faster than others. So there's like protectors you can put around them and stuff like that. But I found I had to replace them like every six months. So I'm actually thinking about getting one of the more monogrammed ones. Yeah. And um, so to make it a lot easier. Yeah. I know Wiggum's name was completely scratched off Yeah, on his but they're inexpensive and if you think that you're going to be moving or changing your phone number i would that would be the tag to get absolutely and i don't i don't remember how much they are uh the tags they're like anywhere from like uh 10 bucks to like 15 or 20 bucks okay and i would say for the different types that are out there that i've seen the pet smart ones i think are 9.95 and that includes the engraving with and if you want like a fancier looking like tag and stuff then then they're like sometimes can be like 14.99 or something yeah. like that but. i saw some at rens depot like the different tags that you can use mm-hmm. and there was different tags with the different uh breeds oh so we have a golden retriever cute. you could have a golden retriever tag and behind it uh, you would either have, I guess, there wasn't a lot of space, so probably just your pet's name. And I don't know if you would just need a separate one for your address and your phone number. Yeah. But they were pretty cute. They're super cute. Um, I would say when you go to get your dog's collar, I would say um, just be mindful of what you're going to be doing with your dog and where you're going to be taking them because like I just got traditional collars they were cloth ones and I like I said I would put the pet tags on them but my dogs go up to the cottage they're in the swamps they're in the everything and I found I was washing them a whole lot and I went to a pet show where I uh, there was this um, woman who had this co- company that made paracord collars. And I remember her saying to me, like, the paracord is a more dense material and they braid it together. So it looks super awesome and cool. And because it's so toit, toit. <laughs> the material is so toit um, that it doesn't retain stink a whole lot. And I would say that that's true. Like I the one collar that I got for Becky uh, from that show uh lasted me for years and years without me even having to wash it until she decided to roll in a dead skink skunk one day <laughs> that sounds like and fun. yeah and I soaked that like for a while and I couldn't get the stink out so I got rid of it and I got another one so yeah both uh, Becky and Gibbon have the paracord which I love and and actually my, uh, my good friend Michelle, who I've mentioned several times on here, makes paracord collars. She makes them. She does. Oh. And she started like a little, I, I'm not sure if she kicked up her online thing or not. We'll have to give her a shout out on our social uh, for her. But uh, I told her to make a company called Misha's Leashes. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> and I'm not sure if she went ahead with it or not, but I know that she's made several collars and leashes, like matching leashes to go with the collars. And um, I've she made a couple for me for Becky and Gibbs, and I love, 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 love them. Oh, speaking but- of stinky collars, mm-hmm. um, I saw a collar that was made. It was almost like a rubber material, mm-hmm. and it was like I think the name was like Stink Free Collar. Mm-hmm. So like you said, if you have a dog that uh, runs around in the woods or goes for a swim a lot, uh, that might be a collar to look for. 
And when you're picking out, when you're sizing your dog's collar, you want to make sure um, that it's not too snug. You want to be able to fit a couple of fingers underneath the collar and your dog's neck. Yes. And if it's one with a belt like buckle, I would say try to size it so that you have room for either if they grow because dogs weights, depending on what you're doing with them will fluctuate too. Right. So yes. And they stretch um, a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. I know Wiggum had a leather collar. I like the classic look of the leather collar, but it did. It was stinky. Yeah. And you could not wash that. No, and and if they're going for a swim, they're going to ruin the leather. Like, yeah, we we talked about that a little earlier. I know uh, our good friend Mark, who has dogs, he he always had a leather collar for his dogs when they came over. But it he just looks so go- good. It does. <laughs> it looks so good. But do want when he's he walks his dog around the neighborhood, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So it lasts long and it looks nice, and he's not going to ruin it. So yes, and like, you can always have it. more than one collar. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Some people like to uh, matchy matchy with their poochie matchy poochie. <laughs> and then you you could have a collar too. <laughs> so you could matchy matchy your poochie. Oh my God, Vero! We have to get you and your new pup like matching collars. Like this one here. This one here. Oh 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 oh! oh. Vero's got a special guest on the show with us yes. today. It's a fake golden retriever. Until she Bought gets a real one. at Ikea. <laughs> it's very inexpensive. Easy to train. What? Doesn't even need a collar. No, what, was the, what was the Ikea name for it? Was it like Schnugelbear? <laughs> it was uh, Gosig. Oh, a Gosig. Which means, which means huggable. Oh. Mm-hmm. Isn't he huggable? <laughs> well, yes. Yes. He is huggable. Yes. So like we said, everybody needs, every dog needs a regular collar. You need, they need a collar around their neck. And if you're lucky enough that that's all you need for walking your dog, because they're not having any problems with pulling or any sort of behavior on leash, then more, more power to you. But that is the very first place that you should start with your pooch. And a little side note, but still about collars. Uh, Make sure that when you put your dog in your crate to take off the collar. Yes. It's a bit of a choking hazard. Yes. Agreed. And that's it. (laughs) So moving on to the next caller, we looked at the gentle leader. Yes. Uh, When I had Wiggum, that is the caller that I used for Wiggum. So the gentle leader rests around the dog's uh, snoot. (laughs) It goes around the snoot. It's not tight. They can still yawn. They can still open their mouth. Uh, they can still eat and then it ties it goes under the ears and ties behind the head so what it does is if you're walking your dog and he starts to pull or he's starting uh, to go sideways all you need to do is you kind of just like gently lead him back and instead of pulling on the dog's neck putting pressure on the neck it turns the dog's head in the direction that you want the dog to go Mm -hmm. Um, still you still have to be careful uh, not to pull too hard on it. It yeah, can squeeze. Wanna... Yeah, it can squeeze Cut. the snoot quite a lot if you pull hard and you don't want to pull like crank the, the neck too quickly or too hard either. Uh, yeah, Wigan like was pretty doggy easy. physio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you would Little need physio treatment. Physio. <laughs> <laughs> like or or your you would be your dog's chiropractor. A little crank of the neck. <laughs> straighten them out. <laughs> and then you'll end up like always walking in one direction. Exactly. Like, <laughs> his neck is crooked. <laughs> um, Bent so neck doggy. 
That's what I used on Wiggum. Wiggum was pretty easy to walk, except for when he met another dog. And depending on how excited the other dog was, Wiggum would get equally as excited. And that's that's all he needed to redirect his attention. But like we like while whilst talking about collars and the different types, you need to know that like when you get your dog and depending on what like I said, how you want to be walking with them or depending on the behaviors that that they have, one thing may work and three other things may not. So um, uh, what I'll also say really quickly here is when I went to these pet stores looking at all their different products, most of the pet stores have a return policy so that if something is not working for you, you can bring it back to the store, which is amazing. Yes, Almost uh, every one of them said that. And uh, like you said, the gentle leader worked perfect for Wiggum. Um, it it did not work for Becky. I yeah. I tr- I tried it for Becky. So when we got Becky, uh, she was a puller. Like I said, she would pull, 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 and I tried a variety of different things on her. And like I said before, and I'll mention it again and again and again. When you go to the store to buy these things, talk to the people in the store, Google a video on it, know how to use it properly before you try yes. it. Um, so I fitted Becky for a gentle leader and I knew the the whole concept behind it and everything like that, but Becky would not tolerate having this thing around her snoot. Oh, a lot of dogs don't. Oh, she would not. Like I couldn't even walk three steps. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. She would do like flips, somersaults, trying to get this thing the heck off her snoot. Like she was like, get it off, get it off, get it off, get it off. She hated it. Like she would panic. Like when, when I'd put it on her. So I tried, I tried for days. I tried putting it on her and just leaving it. I tried walking her just a bit, like just around that. And she wouldn't, I couldn't walk her. She would, she She would stop. eh? I know at the beginning, Wiggum would pod it a little bit, but once we were walking, Mm -hmm. uh, he was fine. And then he didn't, after that, like he didn't mind having it on at all. Yeah. I I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Becky would not. She would not. Yeah. So Ooh. he would even right, like on. present his face. Oh, really? Put, put my gentle leader on. Go for a walk. So moving on to the next one, uh, we're moving on to the slip lead next. So the slip lead is a collar that goes around and I mentioned it in a previous episode and it sounds horrible, but it looks like a noose. So it loops around at the end and it usually has like a leather stopper stopper so that you can sit it where you want on the dog's neck, which this is what I used for the most of my dog training for, for all of Gibbs training. He always had a slip lead on in the house. I would even uh, try him with it outside um, when he was a pup too. And the concept of the slip lead is that it sits high up on their neck, almost like right in behind their ears and almost right at their jawline. And it's to put pressure around it. So you slowly, like if you're wanting them to walk through a door or you're wanting to lead them somewhere, you you hold the pressure on it so that it's just snug around them. And then as soon as they start doing what you want them to do, you release it. So they're like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, okay, she wants me to go here. Oh, that feels better. And yeah. then the, it teaches them to listen or you can lead them to do anything you want them to do. And when they do it, it, it you release the pressure. So it, yeah. that's the communication uh, going right there. So I use that for, to me, uh, that, and again, every dog is different. But for me, the, the slip lead was my most used tool in my training. Yeah, with, I think that's with, like... 
I know when I got Wiggum, like I said, I read mostly about the purely positive approach. Um, I think I was just like miss not not informed enough about the other approach. I think I thought that was like the only not the only way, but that that was like a good way. Yeah, of training your dog. And now I'm learning about all these new things, and I'm watching videos from Jeff Gelman and Stony Dennis, and I, I just can't wait to get my dog and train. I know and train my dog. I, it's it's super rewarding. It is. Yeah. And when you get them to do and when they start getting it and you figure out what what type of thing that you're using to get them to listen to you. And when they do and they do it, that, that's how the bonding happens, man. So I have nothing bad to say about the slip lead. I think it's a good tool to use for a lot of people. I think it's a good thing to start before you get into the more like sort of intricate ones or ones that need that like a lot of like extra instruction and training and stuff like that to use. I think the slip lead is an excellent place to start. And I gave my slip lead to my sister who just got a Corgi uh, uh, last Christmas. Ooh. And um, uh, I remember, so I went over to her house recently and she was saying, I cannot like I she said I've been touching his paws from the beginning and I, I he won't let me cut his nails and she said even if she's like watch this so she went into the other room she got the nail clippers started approaching him and he literally would start to cry he would be like wee, 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 wee. And, and you're not even and you're not even touching him yeah. with it so I got I was like Ange here's what you got to do you got to get him comfortable so I got out the slip lead I put it around his neck I put him in a in a down and then I grabbed the nail clippers. And when and when he started to whine, I would pull pressure on the slip lead and say, no. Uh-uh. And then as soon as he would stop, I would release it. And then he'd be quiet. And I'd bring the nail clippers closer to him. And if he started to cry, I'd say, no. Uh-uh. And I would pull on the and, and hold him down in the down position because he wanted to run away. And as soon as he was laying down calmly again, I would release the pressure. And, and within, I'm not exaggerating, five minutes. I was able to just touch the nail clippers to his paws with him laying there calmly and not making a sound. And she was like, oh, and Success. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's how that's how you start. So um, the slip lead is excellent because, like I said, you can hold them in any position. If I wanted to, I was teaching her how to do place with him. And same thing, I had to collar around him. And, um, but it was funny because like, because I'd practiced place with him before when I went to come to get him with the slip lead for the nail clipper thing, he took he off. He was like, yeah, he was like, nope, 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 nope. She's going to make me do stuff I don't like. And went and hid underneath the dining room table. Aww. But, um, but it's interesting because he, even when I come to their house now, he, he looks at me like, he's like, oh, he hey, knows. yeah. Hey, am I going to have to listen to you or are we going to hang out or what's why, why is she here? We can do both. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Exactly. So yas to the slip lead, everybody. Yas, yas, yas. A thousand times yas to the slip lead. <laughs> All right, what's next? We got the prong slash pro trainer. Yes. And I think we spoke about the prong collar. Yes. On our last episode, but we called it the pinch collar. We called it the pinch, but it's actually called the yeah, prong. Yeah, so those are the same. I think there's also a German name for it, like the Hershlinger. <laughs> I don't oh, know. I thought it was a Springer. Oh, maybe. Oh, I think that's the company, actually. Oh, maybe. But, um, yeah, so there's a lot of controversy over the prong collar. And and I think we mentioned mm-hmm. that before, too. Like, oh, my God, people think it's abusive. They think you're pinching your dog. You're choking them to death. And, and uh, again, I'll say it again, 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 again. If you're not using it properly, of course, you are not going to have the success or you're not going to have the desired outcome. Yeah. Or you are going to hurt your dog, worst of all. So 
the prong collar is, and, and this is why we sort of like, um, talked about the uh, slip lead and now prong and then the one that we'll talk about next all have the same concept and it's putting pressure on that sensitive area like I said high 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 up on the neck almost at the jawline and in behind the ears and the if you take a prong collar and put it around your arm and pull on it like just enough you'll you'll see that it doesn't hurt but if you yank your arm on it with all of your might absolutely it's gonna hurt so yeah like anything else <laughs> exactly so the prong uh, collar I used for walking my dogs because they were pullers. And so, and then there's exercises that you can do with the prong collar that makes them easier to walk. And even to this day, when I take Gibbs and Becky out to the park or to go where I'm going to go, let them off leash, I use the prong. And it's because the prong is good because even if you find you have a dog that's super reactive to squirrels or other dogs or people walking by even, the pro doing the prong collar training, it will change your life. I, I swear it up and down. And, and, and when I did all the exercises with them and, um, again, we can post some videos. There's a lot of different, uh, super experienced people out there in, in terms of leash training. Yes. And you can find yeah. like in one search, 10 different videos on how to use the prong collar and, and how to fit it. So it has to fit properly. You have to place it on properly. And, um, the next most important thing I'll say about the prong collar, uh, and I'll give you an example of it is that if you don't have a leash attached to it, it should not be on the dog. So as an example, I take Gibbon and Becky across the street to the park and then there's a big wide open area where I can let them off leash. So I walk them over there on the prongs, I make them sit stay and I take the prong collar off. Keeping in mind that they have their regular collars on with their dog tags, with their names and their phone numbers on it. So you now I've got two collars on them, okay? And so um, I make them sit stay. I take the prong collars off because if they take off, there's a little bush area and they get that prong collar stuck on something and then they struggle to get out. Now it's hurting them, right? Because they're pulling. So never yeah. leave the prong collar on if if the leash is not on yeah. it and you do not have control over it. Never leave it on them because uh, no, that's that's a that's a ouchie waiting to happen. Yes, an ouchie an ouchie So during my shopping. I saw a collar named Pro Training Collar. It's it looks like a prong collar. Well, it kind of looks like a prong collar. I think it's inspired by the prong collar. Um, it's made of hard plastic, and instead of prongs that go around the collar, that tightens around the dog's neck, it looks like plastic triangles. So it's the same concept. If you're pulling on it, it applies pressure around the dog's neck. To make it uncomfortable and as soon as the pulling stops then the pressure releases and that's when the dog realizes that okay if i stop pulling then that, that uncomfortable feeling goes away i've never actually seen that collar on a dog mm -hmm. so i looked it up when i got home and there are some videos on it on how to uh, fit it properly so it's very much like the prong collar and how to remove the links mm -hmm. and add some links mm -hmm. to it to make sure that you have the, the right size for your dog. 
I'm not sure about that collar. Like I had never heard about it. I it's it's new to me as well, and I'm almost wondering if they made it because the prong collar looks very intimidating, and that's why people will take mm-hmm. one one look at it and they'll be like, "There's no way that's gonna like hurt my dog," and they don't even try putting it on themselves and giving it a little tug or anything like that. Yeah. And again, it definitely looks more gentle. Oh yeah, for sure. So I think yeah. I think it's just like a, an appearance thing because it's doing the exact same thing as the prong. It's, it, yeah. it just looks different. Like it's like smooth, like, yes. well, not smooth pla- plastic, but like pl- these plastic pieces. It's r- smooth on the outside. Yes. So when it's on the dog, it just looks like a normal collar. Yeah, exactly. But it's sitting, it's sitting higher yeah. than the, your normal collar, but it just looks flat. Mm-hmm. Whereas the prong collar, you can definitely see like the shape of it, like the shape of the prongs. And it's like chromey metal. <laughs> it just looks and and the intense. and the other thing that I'll say too is that like if you, let's say you use the prong collar to train your dog how to like walk in a heel position, so right at your side, not walking ahead, not pulling, not anything or whatever. Um, some people bridge to um, not having to use it anymore, but some dogs, depending on their drive, depending on their reactivity, depending on their behavior, I I I I wanted to be able to just clip my dog onto his regular leash and go it's not going to happen with my dogs they're hunting dogs their drive is their prey drive is too high and I have to use the prong collar every time and that's just the way it is and it can be a little yeah. it can be a little awkward to get on because it does it's like a link system so you have to you have to like take the two prongs and pinch them in together and and make it uh, go into the two holes on the next link to like put it together so it's not yeah it's not as easy to put on or off I find and you got to make sure that it's at the right spot. Yeah. So where you attach the leash is right at the back oh, of the neck. Absolutely. Like it can't be in the front. Because so, it- you can't turn it yeah, after well, it's on. Exactly. Because it's toit, right? But um, yeah. yeah it, anyways, I, I use the prong and, and I can say that my dogs are safe and that they're not abused and that, that I need that to walk them because I'm going to do more damage. Uh, having them pull and uh, have it slip down the neck and now I'm pulling on their vocal cords their voice box their everything you know what I mean and then they cough like if I walk them without it they they cough like they like stop and they're like and I'm like oh my god and I'm and I you know I put them in a sit stay and stuff but I I have my prongs like all the time and that's just the way I do it and think about what it's doing to the owner also Mm -hmm. you might not see it at the beginning but you're gonna have your shoulder your arm your back um you're gonna get some injuries with time yes always holding your dog back so and and this is a a common occurrence and I watched on um like I said you know how the interwebs are always listening to us (laughs) so after our last show (laughs) when we Uh I know when we talked about it uh, a video popped up on uh, my Facebook feed about um uh Sean O'Shea another excellent 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 dog trainer um with tons of videos on the internet and it was a video of these people with a pit bull who they could not like like they couldn't walk two steps down the street if a person a, a dog a squirrel a car even a car went by this dog went berserk and like jumping and lunging and and to the point wow. where it was a couple and the the wife couldn't walk the dog anymore because he was too strong yeah he got too big he got too strong she couldn't control him. so sean o'shea did a little like a um, uh, episode where he he showed them the concepts behind it and the proper collar and that sort of stuff to help them out a bit with that so yeah you have to think about it you have to think about the size of your dog and what you're going to be doing with them and if you have I would say a medium to large sized dog 
you need to get a handle on the leash work with them, like yeah. right out the get go, because yes, they, yes. they turn into monsters. And then next thing you know, you've got a dislocated shoulder and you're in the operating room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of dogs that are barking at cars, when was this? I think it was on a Wednesday. I was driving home from work, driving down the street, and there's this lady walking her little dog. And I'm driving by, and as I'm driving by, it starts to bark. Like it's looking across the street and it's barking. It's like, yeah. And I'm just looking at it. <laughs> I'm looking across the street and I'm like, what is it barking at? And then it took me a few seconds and I'm like, I think it was actually barking at me. Yeah. Like at the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A, a friend of mine at work. Had- but it was a tiny dog, but yes. I can imagine like a bigger dog. Like she was holding him back. Yeah. He was barking at the dog. And I'm uh-huh. pretty sure if he would have went loose, he would have ran like straight up like in front of the car. Oh, big straight time. to the car. Yeah. yeah. My my friend Adele has a small uh little I think it's a Maltese, I think, like a tiny little dog named Bella. She's very sweet. But Bella is a car chaser. <laughs> And she barks oh. and lunges and and wants to run and like sh- and she's another one that will dart out the door too. So uh, Adele always jokes and says Bella's not meant for this world because she's going to get it one of these days. <laughs> but but that's that's a behavior that you can fix. And I suggested like a prong yeah. to her and stuff. And uh, and I may be helping her out with that in the near future. But um, yes, nice. yes to the prong caller. All right, next up. Yes. Next up, we've got the shock slash e-collar collar so wow. i don't have much experience with that because i've never i've never used one so here's have I, you yes i have, have. You used one yes i have used yeah. one i've used both so he, here's a, another little story so in my previous household where i owned becky and scraps uh my dad would come to walk the dogs every day and there was a wooded area in right in behind where i lived so you'd have to walk up the street and then walk into this beautiful wooded area where my dad would walk the dogs every day it was great except that becky didn't have good recall she she still Mm -hmm. doesn't Mm -hmm. and my dad would say all right becky let's go and she would come and be standing five feet away from him and she'd take one look at him and be like yeah, I'm not done yet. And run back into the woods. And my dad would go nuts. He'd be like, back. <laughs> and, she, and she would keep him waiting for up to an hour sometimes. So it drove him nuts. Wow. So my dad was on this wa- walking her one day and going berserk over Becky. And this woman walked by and she said, I, I'm, I really hope I don't offend you by suggesting this. But she said, I was having the same problem with my dog. And there's a guy who lives on the next block who sells shock collars out of his home. And my dad was like, which house is it? <laughs> She's like, that one over there. Show me. And he literally, as soon as he got Becky, went right over to the house, fitted her for a shock collar, and um, it was 50 bucks. So my dad tells me about this. He's like, Heidi, you have to call me as soon as you get home from work. I was like, all right. So I called him. He tells me about this. So he went into this guy's house. He fitted Becky with this cheap ass collar. It had two options. It had a buzz buzz vibration. And then it had the zap the shock okay so he put it on her and to make sure that it was fitting properly in the proper place he gave her a shock and she yelped and then after that if becky had the shock collar on she was no more than three feet away from you (laughs) (laughs) and it got to the point where um when you would say all right uh like let's go for a walk and you touch their leashes at the front door and they would come and sit like i trained them to do but Becky would come, and as soon as I pulled out the shock collar, 
she would turn around and go back and lay on the couch. Like she was like, not with that. I'm not, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she wouldn't do it. No, thank you. Exactly. So I, I didn't try this shock collar on myself. I didn't, uh, I, I don't know why. And this was back again, pre my more knowledgeable dog training days. Um, but we would put it on her and eventually the battery died on it, but Becky didn't know. Cause anytime you put this thing on her, she, like I said, <laughs> she wouldn't go more than three feet away from you. So, yeah. um, here's what I'll, ha- what I have to say about this. Um, it was a cheaply made device. There was no control on to the amount of, and, but I'm guessing that it was a pretty significant zap. It was enough to scare her to the point where she'd be shaking when you put it on her. And I felt badly about that uh, being after becoming more knowledgeable. Um, so this will lead me into my next thing, which is um, called the e-collar. So the e-collar is like the Rolls Royce version of shock collars. And <laughs> yes, and it is not, it is expensive. I will say that it's it's expensive the e-collar costs um uh i think it's like close to 200 bucks because it it depends so you can get one that goes up to three quarters of a mile and then you can get one that goes like a mile and a half i think i forget what the measurements are exactly yeah i saw some i saw some um some re well i saw some bark collars so i guess that's not yeah I think that's used quite the same. Yeah. Bark collars are a bit different Um, because this one, you have the control in your hand. You have it. Mm -hmm. So the e-collar is the, the device that goes onto the dog is, um, is your little energy machine. And, and what it is, is it's a tens machine. I don't know if anybody out there has had physio before, but you have a tens machine and it sort of like stimulates the muscle and gives you a little bit of an electrical thing. Okay. On the remote controller, you have, um, and it has a light on it too. So you can turn on a light so you can see where the hell your dog is at night, which is kind of cool. Nice (laughs) little feature. But, um, basically you push a button and as long, as long, whenever you push this button, it is stimulating the dog. You're stimulating the machine, but it goes anywhere from one to 100. 100 is a, probably the equivalent to the cheap shock collar that I mentioned before. So they are getting a shock like every time like when you have it at a hundred and like mm-hmm. on the shock collar, there's no control. So they're getting that a very intense shock every time at a number one on the e-collar. I cannot feel it. I cannot feel it until it is at 12. So it has a little dial on it so you can dial it up. So if you, what they recommend in the e-collar training is that you never, ever, 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 ever use a hundred unless the dog is in imminent danger. So if Becky was running into the street on front of a car, I would crank it and push the button and say, Becky, no. And, and that would give her a zap to like zap her right the hell out of it. And she would, she would come back. The working rate that I have rat, and this is where you have to do the training and you have to figure it out. So first you have indoor training. Cause like I said, indoor, you're, they're in your house and there's no distractions unless you're blasting music or there's another dog in your house or something. So her indoor working um, uh, rate is at about an eight or a 10. When we go outside where there's squirrels and there's smells and there's people and there's dogs and there's everything, um, Mm -hmm. she's at around uh, a 15 to like a 18, depending on the amount of distractions around. So it gives her a little buzz. And like, you, and so I, 
Michelle actually did Becky's e-collar training and then I came over and she, and she showed me how to continue on the training with Becky and the e-collar is a dream. I don't even need a leash with her anymore. She can walk in a heel with the e-collar on. She, she stops and sits. Like I said, thresholds, like I make them stop and sit before crossing the street every time uh, she stops and sits. She listens to everything because it's Becky um, sit. And if she doesn't, I push the button and hold it until she sits and then release it. So again, it's always pressure, like uncomfortable feeling, and then release when they do what they're telling you to. Yeah. And that's all the training. Like Becky knows to uh, go and lay down. Becky knows sit. So that's that's where you start. You start with the stuff that they already do. So you would say, Becky, sit, and you push on the button until she sits, and you say, good, and you release it. So she's like, oh, yeah. okay, I have to listen to her. And, and this isn't a massive shock where you're hurting them, but Becky, like when Michelle trained her, Michelle, it, it took her forever to even just put on the collar without her shaking and, and being terrified. And that's because of the previous cheapo. The, zap. Yeah. She was like, oh, I remember this thing. And it's somebody going to get a hurt oh. a real bad. So she, she was, <laughs> she was terrified. And now she's an absolute dream. If she, if she gets distracted by a squirrel, she was, Michelle has a video of her with a squirrel three feet away from her. And Becky is just sitting there and looking at Michelle, like, what do you want Aww. me to do? Which is amazing. I have nothing, yeah. nothing but great things to say about the e-collar and it's helpful at the cottage. And my, I even showed how my dad, my dad, how to use it so that he, when he says Becky here, Becky knows she better get her ass back there because the tens machine is going to tell her, Hey, get your ass back over there. <laughs> yeah. And how long does it last before you have to recharge it? So I have again, oh, so I charge it at the end of every day, but I'm using it every day okay. to take her on her walk. Right. So if you're not using it every day, I would say it lasts around 24 hours. And again, I never use it in the house because I don't have to. Becky just goes and sleeps somewhere or she comes around. She knows when it's dinner time, she goes to the door when she has to pee. I have no behavioral issues with her in the house. But if I did, I would leave it on her all day. So if you're if you're using it every day for a sustained period of time, I would plug it in every night overnight, kind of like your cell phone. Plug in your phone, plug yeah. in the e-collar. And <laughs> and uh the, uh, another thing that I'll say about that company is that they're one of those companies that stand by their product. And if anything breaks on it or having any issues with anything, they, they um, replace it. No fees, no nothing oh, or that's anything. That's really good. They're one of the, yeah. yeah. So I am a huge fan, huge fan mm -hmm. of uh, the e-collar. Good. All right. Which one's next? I've never had to use one, but. Uh... It's amazing. I, I honestly, yeah. honest to God, it, it changed my world with Becky. It changed. One. Oh yeah. So the next one is the harness. Harnesses. 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 Yes. So there's like a bunch of harnesses. When you go to the pet store, there's like a wall of harnesses. I didn't look at them all. They all pretty much are similar. Me and Heidi were talking about this, where how we felt about harnesses. And we thought that on smaller dogs, it's okay because they don't pull as much. But as soon, like if you're walking your dog on their regular uh, flat buckle collar and they're pulling and you think that you're going to put a harness on your dog where it's resting on the dog's shoulder. So the strongest part of your dog and you think it's going to help you um, and it's going to stop your dog from pulling, the dog is just going to pull a lot more with, with and a lot with, harder. With the larger dogs that we find. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, the smaller dogs know because you can pretty much just hold them like they're 10 pounds, right? Yep. But if your dog is a hundred pounds or even 75 pounds, 
and you're putting a harness where they can pull with their full body. They're going to just pull you uh, right off your feet. They're just going to pull you. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Because the pressure is resting on their shoulder instead of their neck now. And and when you think about it too, like, like and if that's what you need to do with your dog, then that's what you do with a large dog. Because now I'm thinking back, I used to work for these people. Well, you never know, right? Yeah, exactly. But like, you never know if it's going to work. But I, I believe that depending on how like leash aggressive your dog is, Mm-hmm. Like if he's just pulling a little bit, then maybe the harness will work. But if he's trying to chase squirrels or gets really excited when he sees a dog and is pulling you, if he has a harness on and he sees a dog and is pulling you, I think he's just going to pull you even harder. So, but what I will say is that if you need your dog for that purpose, then yes, you would need a harness. So an example of this mm-hmm. is the people that I used to work for had huskies and they used to do this activity called skijoring. What what is skijoring, you may (laughs) ask? Skijoring is when you take your dog, you put a harness on them, and the harness, then you have a buckle around your waist, and you put on your your cross-country skis, and your dog pulls you, and you ski at the same time so that you're going for, like, a super fast, like, high-paced cross-country skiing. That is what. Well, that's definitely a good reason <laughs> yes. to put a harness on your dog. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. I was like, huh, oh yeah, I remember they use that for that. But in terms of leash training and stuff, I I wouldn't say that because again, I tried the harness with Becky when I was working through yeah. my pulling problems with her, and she just pulled harder. Man, holy smokes! Yeah, it's like like if you're training your dog for sledding, then by all means, put a harness on your dog. Yeah, you'll need you'll need the harness for that. But for regular day to day, yeah, no. No, 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 no. Um, I did see a, I did see a harness though called the training halter, uh, and it has a collar component, and then it has two other components that attaches to the front of the collar, goes underneath the dog's armpits, and then attaches at the back, and the leash goes on the components that go around the armpits. So when the dog is pulling it actually tightens around the dog's armpits and prevents them from pulling more. And I don't know, I've never actually used one. I don't know of anybody who's used one. So I don't know how well these work. Yeah. I I've, I so, don't know anybody who who's used those either. Yeah. And I think, again, on a smaller dog, it probably would work. Probably work. Unless it's uncomfortable, that feeling of crushing like their torso, not crushing it, but squeezing yeah. on it. And then maybe. Yeah. So it might be another one of those things to try. But anytime I've looked at those, I like look at it and I'm like, oh my God. Can you hear my dogs barking in the background? Bad doggies. Um, anyway, so given, given now. Um, Becky. I find them really complicated to get on. So again, you need to watch the videos and stuff and make sure that you're you're yes. placing it on the dog properly, I would say for that. Yeah. Y'all. The worst thing that could happen is that you think you have it on properly. And then as soon as you get outside, your dog is loose. Uh, oh my God. And which happens, yeah. it does. It happens so yeah. often. They slip out of something you know and what you're I've like, done? oh my God. <laughs> what I've done a few times is that Wiggum is home without like his regular collar on. And then I take him out for a walk and I just put, I would just put the gentle leader on. Mm-hmm. And then like halfway through the walk, I would realize that he doesn't have his collar with his name and the phone number and the address. And then I would like, be like, oh my God, like if ever this thing breaks and he were to like run away, mm-hmm. which I don't think he would, but you never know. Yeah. Like 
nobody would know yeah, the I phone know. number I know. or the address. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. So with Becky, when, when I walk her to, again, to go across the street, um, she has three collars on. So she has the prong collar because I don't want her pulling me. She has her regular collar with her name and her address on it and, and phone mm-hmm. number. And then she has the e-collar for when I let her off leash and to recall her back. And I could, and I could probably do without the prong with her and use the e-collar to have her not pull as well. But I, I just put all three on because it's just easier. She's but all geared up. She's all geared up, ready to go. Becky. <laughs> Becky. All right. The last one on the list. So our next. Yeah, the next one. Muzzles. Which is like our least favorite. Muzzles or no, there's another one oh, before oh, that. Oh, which one is it? Did I skip? The Citronella. Oh, yes. Spray collar. All right. We, yeah. we all know. So we talked yep. about this on our last episode. Mm-hmm. So this is a collar that... When your dog barks, it would spray citronella um, in front of the dog's face. So on the dog's nose, mouth, and it smells like citronella, it becomes very uncomfortable for them. Uh, And that's, you would think that because they're barking, there's a citronella spray, it's uncomfortable. They would, um, oh my God, I can't talk. (laughs) They They would associate the spray Mm -hmm. to their bark. But then that citru- the citronella smell and the spray stuff, like the product, stays on their face and it they can smell it for a prolonged period of time. So it's like a prolonged punishment. I, I couldn't believe that I still that they still have them. I thought that they would have yes. pulled them by now. Yeah. So I saw one at the at the pet store. It says this the spray is not harmful. You can have a citronella spray or an an unscented spray. Dogs have a super sensitive sense of smell right like that's why they use them for bomb yeah. bomb training and like and all, drug training and all that stuff because they can they can smell stuff like they do scent mm-hmm. training so to me the thought of spraying something to correct a behavior in the moment with a scent that doesn't make sense to me because the scent stays around too long and then they they wonder okay why am i still smelling this this is awful and so yeah, is what i'm what am i doing now that's exactly not okay exactly or how do I get this awful? Then they lick it off of them or whatever, because trying to get it off, like get it off, get it yeah. off, get it off. And then, uh, yeah, what what does that do to them? So yeah, I was surprised. You don't know what's in the product. I was yeah. I was surprised. That's still out there. Yep. Um, is that does that bring us to the last one, which is muzzles? Muzzles. Muzzles. So I asked. I've I, I go to the dog park fair, fairly regularly, and I have rarely seen a muzzle and but I find that even my personal reaction to a muzzle is like okay he's a biter and and it and that's what it's essentially used for I asked the people in the stores I said are people buying these and and is it because they have super aggressive dogs or like what's the deal and she said most people buy them um was what this one uh store owner said to me most people buy them for the vet visits because they get extremely nervous at the vet and they bite at the vet or the groomer. Mm-hmm. So they put it on just for those types of visits where the dog's in a high stress environment and is reacting to it. But my thing there would be like, train your dog not to. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot. I've seen, well, not a lot, but quite a few dogs walking on the street with a muzzle on. Oh, really? But I've never seen the short muzzle, short snout muzzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I did see at the pet store. That one with the picture of the pug on the front wearing it? Yes. yes. <laughs> and then I Googled it. And then there's another image with of a pug with the short snout muzzle uh, product on the dog. 
but it's it's the same one but then it goes up to above the eyes and then there's holes for the eyes what it's like a full <laughs> Hannibal face mask it's like <laughs> it's like Hannibal Lecter Pugable Lecter <laughs> So yeah, it, it looked pretty funny, and I was like, mm. <laughs> I I don't know that I would put like a complete face mask on my dog unless it was for a yeah. particular like purpose of whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't even know. Oh, that's hilarious! And I I saw a product um with of a muzzle product, and the picture on it was like a puppy, really, with a muzzle. Yeah, I was like, that's that's probably not the best image to put oh my goodness probably not and it's puppy biting well exactly it's puppy biting <laughs> and then it's just like so what instead of teaching them not to you're gonna put a muzzle on them for life like yeah yeah that doesn't make sense to me I don't know if that was like the intention of the picture or they just yeah didn't think but yeah there was like a puppy picture with a muzzle all right are you ready to play boop or snoot <laughs> Boop or snoot. Boop or snoot. So uh, we might have to do this really quickly or we can, t- we can continue mm-hmm. it on another episode even. So maybe we'll go through. But boop or snoot is something that Vero and I came up with. And we looked at some of the dog products out there. Some of the stuff that makes life a bit easier. Some of the stuff that is just next level ridiculous, if you ask me. And so we're going to describe to you the product. And Vero and I are either going to say boop, which means, yeah, we like it. Or snoot, no, we turn our snoots to it. like. No, ridiculous. So for this episode's Booper Snoot, we are going to talk about Dog Rocks. Dog Rocks. Dog Rocks. So Dog Rocks is a product that you put in your dog's water, like in the water bowl, and your dog ingests this. And when the dog urinates in the grass, this this product makes sure that the urine does not turn the grass a yellow color. Because anybody who's owned a dog knows that your grass will become yellow. There's going to be some spots everywhere in your yard or maybe just one big spot because dogs tend to go at the same spot that will be yellow. So a company invented a product that ma- to make sure that your dog's urine does not turn the grass yellow. So it's so there's a photo. Fo- the grass might be greener on the other so, side. Exactly. So the photo <laughs> is of a dog lifting its leg and then there's two side-by-side photos, one of grass with like a bunch of yellow spots on it and the other one with like this beautiful like flush like green grass. <laughs> so I looked at this and I was like, "Come on. There's no way. There's no way." And I don't know anybody who's used these. I don't think I will use these because uh I I'm no. I'm not a believer so no i mean i think that's just part of having a dog yep and uh so i say snoot snoot double snoot yep (laughs) absolutely i'm looking to see actually if there's like any ratings on it dog rocks reviews that's what i'm doing oh are you (laughs) yeah so the dog uh, the dog rocks are great and work well, but I find it easier to place them in a jug of water and then pour it into the dog's dish. So I wonder if they like even like dissolve or what it is. Like, I wonder what these things are made of. I didn't read the ingredients list on it. We might have to go back, but anyways, I snoot. I snoot the dog rocks. Me too. So I'm reading this one review where it seemed to be working at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like pretty much stop burning the grass. Yep. And then this review says that over the winter, she noticed spots again, but she kept up with the product. Mm -hmm. 
but it was getting worse. Oh. So I don't know if it starts at the beginning and then gets worse. <laughs> urine becomes more powerful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought that was ridiculous. Anyways, stay tuned for other snoot. other products to boop or snoot. And I think that wraps it up for today. Yeah. So tune in next time for Let's Boop Snoot. Mm-hmm.